Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rockingham app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. And it is the Wildcat again, and again it's Taylor. has got some space to the 10, to the 5, touchdown! Darius Taylor, his first touchdown today, and Minnesota is running over Bowling Green on the ground. It's a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Bad snap, Mayava tries to rally in a interception at the 20. Picked off by Kobe Bryant. And Bryant out across the 30-yard line, and it's the first takeaway of the night. Skinner is the motion man, the receiver screen for Arnold, gets a block on the end. Looking that way, throwing that way, got a man deep. We say good Wednesday morning, everybody. It is the Morning Blitz. Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck Dimmitt here with you on a, at least locally, a snowy, snowy Wednesday. No snow may be falling, but there's been plenty of snow that has been falling for the last, what, day and a half, two days roughly here in the tri-state region. Hope everybody's safe. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, as I always say, I can survive if I've got a little bit of power and uh, my internet's working. I can be pretty happy uh, in a snowstorm. So, <laughs> that's Christian. Christian, by the way, joining us from back home in his uh, great uh, state of Michigan uh, from his lovely basement. I always tell him it's very industrial looking. It's kind of got this. It's, it's I don't know. I would just call it industrial looking. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's cool. Um, uh, but uh, Christian joining us from Michigan, he'll be back in Kansas. When are you flying back? I don't even know when that is. That's a couple days. I'm I'm flying back on Friday afternoon. I don't know. Do you have this much out there? Uh, I guess I haven't been in enough basements in Kansas to know. Uh, <laughs> is unfinished basement a thing? Unfinished means the uh, the ceiling. You kind of leave it. Right, it's uh, a, the unfinished open, ceiling. Yeah, the you, you see okay. my, right, you, you can up. you can kind of see in I, most people, I, most basements yeah, yeah, I yeah. see kind of have the you know the 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 hang down ceiling. Um, uh, let's see, my the one at my house back in that I grew up in in Nebraska, it had kind of a a spackled ceiling, I guess is the way I would put it, popcorn mm. style ceiling. So, I mean, that's very industrial look. It's very cool looking. I, I like the industrial <laughs> look, so I'm not going to sit here and complain about that one bit. But see, uh, I'm. I'm sitting over here, uh, next, right next to a Christmas tree. It is fake, uh, but it is keeping the the Christmas spirit up. And quite a few candy canes within arm's reach, which is you know, both good and bad. <laughs> are you allowed to? Eat? How old are those candy canes? Do they get to buy them fresh new every year? <laughs> That's the question. Some I, of those I, get pretty old. Now I hate to tell you this, but I do not discriminate. <laughs> candy canes are candy canes. Well, 
we find out after we deal with the we deal with the effects after we've bitten into a long dead candy cane. Understandably so. Uh, anyway, hope everybody is safe. Uh, go to go to net. Go to our closing page. Check out uh, our area closings and stuff. I know I was looking at some road conditions before I hopped on the air. I do know that pretty much anything in De- in Colorado is closed. Uh, they yeah. have not opened that up yet, so anything pretty much from the Kansas-Colorado border going west is closed. Um, and so if you're listening to the radio station for the first time, welcome to northwest Kansas. Um, uh, <laughs> plenty of snow out in the area, plenty of blowing snow, but should have that pretty much cleaned up by later today. I, I know there's a chance of some more blowing snow this early afternoon. I was seeing some of that. But after that, travel conditions are going to improve a whole lot better. Um, I do know that for a fact uh, because the weather's going to get a lot better starting pretty much this afternoon. But it's been interesting last couple of days and uh, if you got a fireplace, if you just want to sit next to the fire, read a book, uh, watch some college football with the bowl games going on last night, uh, it's a good day to do good weather outside to do that, that's for sure. So uh, once again, if you want to hit us up on the text line, the number 785-899-2222. We'd love to hear from you throughout the show here today. Uh, I do want to quickly shout out... um, we were having some issues with our text line. Uh, we were having issues with our text line um, last week before we got off and went for the Christmas little break here. And uh, we were having some issues. And so I got a whole bunch of text messages from a bunch of people. I want to say thank you to people who texted in. Um, appreciate that from texting in from last week. Did not get a chance to, to read those or get to those until I realized that we were having some issues. But those are up and running, and we are ready to rock and grow, roll. Uh, today's program, we will update you a little bit on our bull pick We'll make some picks tonight. We're officially into the heart of bull season. We have four, we had three bull games last night. Uh, yesterday, I should say, for today. Uh, we'll update. We'll give you an update on some of our bull picks. Um, we will discuss what happened on Saturday. Or sorry, it would be Sunday, Monday. My days are all screwed up with this holiday. Uh, Chiefs and Broncos both losing this past weekend. We'll Oof. discuss that. that yeah, <laughs> Wolf is right. Uh, and, but I want to start off the show discussing the big story, and that was last night. For the first time since 2008, the Kansas Jayhawks have won a bowl game. They take down UNLV last night by a final score of 49-36. to uh, A very, actually, very entertaining game. Um, I give credit to... Good friend of our, good friend of mine and of Northwest Kansas, Dan Lucero, who said it's, it's a type of game. Let's have bowl game you want. Lots of points sometimes, some craziness, some big plays. Uh, you know, that's what you kind of want in a bowl game. Something that's gonna keep you entertained. That game did last night, and honestly, I think the spread was 12 when we picked it. It was 13. It was, yeah. So I said Kansas will cover that easily. <laughs> I was wrong. They we, they they barely covered it, but they did cover. Nonetheless, behind a record-setting performance, a bull record, six touchdowns from Jason Bean, and a school record tying six passing touchdowns from Jason Bean. It was a great game. That's uh, It was really entertaining. Jason Bean was really good. UNLV really impressed me. They had some dudes, some dudes, that they, that yeah. some wide receivers and that De, De Jesus running back uh, that they had. They had some dudes. Their quarterback is a true freshman. Mayava uh, was pretty solid as well. But Kansas, you know, just a better team, and uh, and overall, just a just a better performance last night. Just had made it made lesser mistakes than UNLV, and that kind of was the difference. Because honestly, that game was a lot closer than I thought it possibly would be. It is hard to find, as you know, true freshman quarterbacks these days. Everyone's transferring, and everyone's um, kind of unwilling to use their freshman year. I think a lot of times you redshirt and you wait a little bit. 
but yeah, my Ava was was hooping out there. He was balling, and obviously Jason Bean looked very, very good. I got to tell you, I think I tweeted out something along the lines of Kansas is doing whatever they want uh, tonight, and that was right around, <laughs> I think, <Yeah>. before <laughs> halftime. Yeah. And I must say good. I felt... I must say that I felt good tweeting that at the time. And then uh, out of halftime, I think it was two picks and three drives to start uh, the third quarter. And only one of them turned into a touchdown, but suddenly it was a close game. I think it was 30-24 at one point, or 28-24. And kind of started to sweat a little bit. And to be honest with you, as as a KU supporter, but not a KU fan, it was it was almost perfect. Exactly what Ross said. Uh, very exciting ball game. And uh, obviously, Lawrence Arnold was great. Luke Grimm was great. They combined for 296 receiving yards. They had all six touchdowns between them. Yeah. And yeah, they were both very, very good. And including a couple that did not count. They made some incredible grabs. They These were not just, and there were some wide open grabs, some catch and run in a ton of space, 49ers offense style. But there were also some catch and bracket coverage, some leap over and Moss dudes. I think it was Lawrence, Lawrence Arnold. Was it his first touchdown grab? Yes, I think it was in the first quarter. Climbed. I mean, he looked like a fireman. It looked like he was responding to a fire call the way he climbed the ladder this kid got up it was super impressive to watch the wideouts the speed and obviously jason bean uh the the touch or the the interceptions will mar it of course as they probably should but 449 and six touchdowns is a heck of a way uh to go out in uh in his last game as uh as a jayhawk yeah, it was uh, it was really good. Jason Bean looked, you know, he had his moments, like you said, really in the third quarter. Kansas dominated the second quarter, scoring three touchdowns. UNLV dominated the third quarter because they didn't allow Kansas to score, and they had two touchdowns themselves to get it back. And that's why that tweet, unfortunately, of yours didn't age great uh, for a little <laughs> while there. But uh, Kansas got to put. Here's the thing that stood out to me. It's a couple things. I wrote this down in my notes for the game. UNLV threw the first punch right out of the gate. I mean, because UNLV scored first. They took the ball. Mm. Right, I, I, no, sorry. They got, a, they got a stop? No, they took the ball. They went right down the they field. They got a stop. And, okay, and then they got another stop, too. I mean, they re- they came out and they threw a quick punch, a, a quick jab right to the face of the Jayhawks, which kind of knocked them back a little bit. Like, oh, they came to play. All right, we better show up. And they did in the second quarter. Kansas got out and got way ahead. Then they kind of got out of the halftime locker. Thought, we got this thing taken care of. We, we punched them into the ropes. We're good. I don't know why I like boxing analogies. I don't know why, but I just do. They punched, <laughs> they him, punched they do. him into the ropes. Well, then UNLV kind of sprung off those ropes to begin the second half, and all of a sudden was right back in it. A couple sloppy plays from Bean, get a couple of short fields. UNLV scores, and the Rebels are right back in. It's a four-point ball game. But here is the big thing. Big plays and long drives were key for Kansas. Like drives of 98 yards, drives of 99 yards, and big plays, big plays were huge. Uh, look at this first, uh, the second qu- touchdown of the second or the second quarter first touchdown. Luke Grimm, sixty-yard touchdown pass from Jason Bean. Uh, you had a fourth quarter forty-yard touchdown pass to Lawrence Arnold, fifty-six-yard touchdown pass to Lawrence Arnold. Uh, Luke Grimm had a forty-three-yard touchdown pass from Jason Bean on the fourth quarter. Humongous long uh, plays and then long drives. 
to me, were the thing that really were impressive. Uh, Let's see, nine plays, 98 yards in the first quarter was the one drive. They had an eight-play, 70-yard drive, a five-play, 66, 65-yard drive. I mean, it's not like it took a long time for them to get there, but they were they were covering a lot of ground. Give credit to UNLV and their special teams uh, for doing that. And then the 10-play, 99-yard drive, right after made a four-point ball game, yeah. and UNLV punted right down to the goal line, and it didn't matter. They, they went right down the field. Lawrence Arnold scored. I mean, it was – it's – and it kind of takes me back, and you know, you probably can't contribute to this as much, but it goes back to just watching KU football the last few years and, and what we've seen because mm. previous KU teams probably wouldn't have done that. And just so much credit to the kids and to, uh, and of course, to, to head coach Lance Leipold. What he's done with this program is is so impressive. They they really have become a team, and and I. And, and, and that kind of transitions into my next point. We can go back more on the game in just a second here. But that trans, my next point is that their sources came out yesterday from Pete Thamel's stuff that Devin Neal told Lance Leipold and the coach staff he's going to come back yeah. for another year. So you take the Absolutely fact that you've got huge. Devin Neal coming back and Jalen Daniels hopefully healthy. We don't know because this season looks a whole lot different, I think, without – wait, obviously it does. Let's say Jalen Daniels gets hurt next year. There's no Jason Bean to back him up. Jason Bean is a senior. His his time is done at Kansas. They're going to go to uh, Bo Richter – or not Bo Richter. Um, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Cole Ballard. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Cole Ballard. I don't know why I thought Bo Richter. Uh, anyway, Cole <laughs> Ballard. Yeah, so then they've got him, which he showed some pieces too. But Yeah, he did. You, you, you take Jalen Daniels. And Devin Neal, and I think they kind of have, what did I write down on this? I had the notes down on this. I think they're going to have eight of 11 starters back. I think the, 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 all, I think most of the wide receivers are coming back, uh, at least the ones yeah, I think that had huge games last night, uh, Link, Luke Grimm and Lawrence Arnold. impact guys, yeah, certainly. They're coming back next year, and the thing that Beth Mowens, shout out to her on the ESPN telecast last night, you know, this is a team that finished 9-4. and four. You know, they've gone from 2-10 and 10 to 6-7 and seven to 9-4. and four. The next step is double-digit wins, and you can be a top-12 team with double-digit wins and put yourself in the college football playoff. And by goodness, would that be a story. Kansas football that won its first game here last night for the first time since 2008 and has their best finish since the 2007 Rose Bowl team. Sorry, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl team, excuse me. Since then, this to go to the playoff would be un would be unreal. I mean, Lance Leipold is the true resurrector of programs. He has done an amazing <laughs> job everywhere he's been, whether it was Wisconsin, Whitewater, or Buffalo, and now at Kansas. He is an amazing program football coach builder. He has done such a great job, and it showcased it all. Uh, Right there, the show kind of culminated last night. I I don't think their opponent was 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 one of the best opponents they could have faced, but a very formidable <laughs> opponent. Um, but yeah, I just I I just continue to be amazed by this program in Kansas and how they have looked and how they have done. Uh, just so impressed by them so far this year and and for the last few years on Lance Leipold. very impressive. Absolutely, they gave you a ton. I know. That I haven't, I've I've watched a lot of losing sports in my life, but haven't really been a part, as you said, of of the you know the the tough times of Kansas football, so to speak. But it's got to feel good if you're a Jayhawk fan, doesn't it? I mean, how good they looked tonight, nine wins, uh, and yeah, you're getting all your guys back. It's it's a lot to look forward to. 
That being said, the grass isn't always greener. We're talking counterfactuals with Jalen Daniels. Uh, but there's there's nothing but hope. And, and we talked about it all season long. Sometimes when you sound like a broken record uh, on a daily talk show, it's maybe because it's true. Devin Neal coming back puts you in, like you said, that 12-team playoff echelon. You are absolutely one of those teams. You have the skill at wide out and uh, to, to have a, a fill-in quarterback in Jason Bean that played just as incredible as he possibly could. I know all season long the storyline has been, as it should have been, what could have happened if we had Jalen Daniels? What could this have been? And you're always talking hypotheticals with this year's team, as you probably should. But I think we need to take a moment and just recognize how great Jason Bean has been this year. You, it's probably the best backup you could have asked for if you're KU. And I get that the offense and how well it is designed has uh, something to do with that. But his speed on the outside, you, sh- you saw the arm strength showed off certainly last night. Just a heck of a season overall for the Jayhawks and a lot, a lot to look forward to. I mean, Jason Bean, when the season began, was once again coming off a six-touchdown, three-interception night, 450 yards passing, just a yard shy of that. He was great last night. But Jason Bean, you know, was kind of, he was, I don't know if he was contemplating or if he was kind of asked by the coaches, hey, do you want to play some wide receiver here in the fall? Do you want to move a spot a little bit? And then when Jalen, because, you know, they had the Big 12 preseason offense. Think about that. You lost the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. He didn't really play in any games this season. I mean, he played in a couple, but none that really mattered. Three games. Thank you, Christian. He played in three whopping games. And you had your court, you had your backup come in and lead you to a nine and a nine and four season and a bowl victory for the first time since 2008. I mean, that is great coaching, first and foremost. Such a great job by your your staff and stuff to make sure that other players are ready and great job by Jason Bean just kind of weather I don't want to say weathering the storm that's not right but you know waiting his turn being patient you know this is a guy who Wait transferred in from North Texas uh, where he where he didn't have a lot of success came to Kansas you know had a rough kind of first year because he was he was really the first you know him he kind of was the quarterback that started over Jalen Day I think it was Carter Stanley was the first quarterback for Lance Leipold. He had some injuries. Jason Bean got in there some. Jalen Daniels got in there some. Then Jalen Daniels took off and had a great year last year. And Jason Bean was kind of the backup. And then they thought, well, that's going to be another season like this. Well, then Daniels has back issues, and now Bean becomes the star. So, yeah, I mean, it's just all around. A great job by the coaches, the players, everybody involved to, to see this happen. Now, this is kind of half of a story here. I remember from the coaches' show, uh, that the Hawk talk show while back a couple months back when, when it was first kind of he Jason was hitting his stride and it was this big deal that he's kind of playing as well as he is as a backup. And the story goes, I believe he wasn't, there was a pretty good shot. He was not going to be playing college football of any kind this year that he was, uh, if we haven't made it clear, this is his last year of eligibility. He's no longer going to be a Jayhawk after this year. And I believe that it was the story. And so it took a lot of convincing to say, hey, run it back one more year. 
And I mean, it probably best case scenario for him individually and to go from not even being, you know, on the spectrum of college football at all this year uh, to, to playing as well as he has. And I believe it's about 410, I think of your 450 yards are coming back this year, next year. That is (laughs) nuts. No, it's, it's, it's great. Um, And I mentioned Devin Neal coming back. Uh, he, of course, he was second team all Big 12, which I think was kind of a bit of a sham. Um, should have been probably a first teamer, in my opinion. Uh, just, over, just over 1,200 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns. You know, and I, I was wrong. I remember saying at the at the beginning of this football season, I hope people enjoy Devin Neal because I think he's gone after this mm-hmm. year. You know, running backs don't have a shelf life that's very a very long shelf life in the NFL. You yeah. just don't. So you only have so many mileage, so much miles on that body that you can take those hits and do that. And so to want to come back for another year, that really also speaks to what this team could be next season and what Devin Neal says. And Devin Neal's a, a brilliant young man. He's very smart. So he knows if they have himself back and Jalen Neal and uh, Jalen Daniels back and they get these wideouts back. I don't know about the offensive line. I, I know they've got some guys that are going to graduate, at least I think, unless they come back for another, maybe because COVID they can get another year out of it. Maybe they can squeeze another year out of them. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, and that defense was improved this year. It was better. Brian Borland's defense was better than it had in previous years. So, like I said, I just I just go back once again to looking at where they were just a few years ago. I saw a tweet this morning getting ready for the show. I mean, they were they, – they had, like, what, zero wins or no wins uh, four years ago in 2020, and then they turn around <laughs> they get two wins, two and ten in Leipold's first year with one of those wins being down on the road at Texas, and I just keep circling that game in my head because that, mm. to me, was the flipping point. And I always try to, like, draw comparisons to my teams. You know, when did it – so I always – of course, for me, it's Nebraska football in this example. Like, when did that game like – I, I, like, I was thinking, like, this year for Matt Rule in his first season, is there a game that's going to happen that they're going to win that they probably shouldn't have won, and that's going to be the sure. game that helps spark them going forward? It was still a two and ten season in that year for 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 Lance Leipold, but it, there was a big win on the road at Texas that nobody expected them to win. And I think if you need a true buy-in and belief of a team on a new coaching staff and new new leadership, you got to have some hardcore evidence that what you're teaching and preaching is working. In the back, go back to this year of Nebraska football. It didn't happen. They didn't have a game like that, and so you still have some question marks on whether what you're teaching and preaching is working. Kansas, though, despite going two and ten, got a win they weren't supposed to have. That vaulted them into a six and seven season. That success carried into the following year with a very good nine and four year. And once again, going to my final point, now you have a chance if you can keep these guys together. And here's once again, here's the thing we don't know, and I'm going to harp on this point: teams change. And by that, I mean the team that you're following, which may be Kansas football, and the teams that you're playing. Teams change throughout the course of an offseason and a season. They get better, they get worse. By better, meaning they improve upon their skills, they get more experience, understand, and they get worse by that they have injuries that happen that you don't expect. And you have to play certain players that you didn't expect, and that ends up being something that's tougher to do. So I totally, I'm just, I'm just very interested to see what's going to happen going forward here for Kansas football because I think they have a legitimate shot if they can stay healthy and they can catch a few breaks that they could be in the conversation for the college football playoff in its first year of being 12 teams. And by goodness, what a story that would be for them to be there. That'd be nuts. 
with how open the Big 12 is, I think it's absolutely possible. <laughs> think if you're a K-State fan. I mean, not thought that Kansas State couldn't make it to the playoff because they could next year, possibly. They, they've got enough talent on their team. They've got a good enough coach. But can you imagine mm. you've been the dominant program in Kansas for so long, you know, for how many, 60-plus year, 50, 60 years, and Kansas beats you to the playoff? I mean, <laughs> that would make you sick. Well, I'll tell you what. Just being a Nebraska fan of a former Big Eight or a Big Twelve, Big Eight program, I mean, that would make me sick as well. But hey, congratulations to Kansas. What what a win! Best record since 2007 Orange Bowl season. Uh, their first bowl win since 2008 when they won the 28 2008 Insight Bowl. Uh, so <laughs> they finished nine and four, and a uh, great season for Jason B. Any final thoughts on this before we get to break, Christian? Man, it. We we've said it a hundred times, uh, so this is beating a dead horse here. <laughs> what an exciting game! <laughs> it was good. What a, what a fun game to watch. Because to be honest with you, all the talking heads, ourselves included, had this slated as uh, a blowout. When we picked it, like Ross said, it was twelve points. Thank the Lord that that was the case, and not the thirteen, uh, because they did not cover the thirteen. Neither team did. Uh, but hey. We, we take it, and we, we kind of expected a blowout and nothing better than an exciting offense-filled bowl game to end your year. Couldn't agree more. Great bowl game, and a heck of a lot better than that game before uh, with Rice and Texas State with all the penalties. <laughs> Not to mention, that bled into that game. I mean, that game took so long that they were almost through the end of the first quarter. By the time they got from moved from ESPN2 to ESPN for the for that bowl game, there were so many penalties. There's been a lot of penalties in these bowl games. It's been almost sickening. I don't know why they're calling so many. I think there was a record. I think Kansas had how many penalties last was night? Was it really? I got to look this up. Kansas had how many penalties last night? I want. It was nuts. Uh, how many penalties that they had? Da, 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 I got to tell you, I think you're just mad at the Rice game because we I? both picked <laughs> Rice. Oh, so Kansas had 18 penalties for 216 yards. UNLV yeah. had nine for 99. I'm not going to go look at the Rice one because we got to get to a break. But, I mean, there were a ton of penalties the last two games, and hopefully there's not that many today with the quadruple header of, of games coming up. So, <laughs> All right, uh, we got to get to a break. Fun first segment. Once again, Kansas victorious in the Guarantee Rate Bowl over UNLV, 49-36. And they have Devin Neal's going to be coming back next year. That was announced uh, late last night. So Neal's back. Daniel's back. Look out. Kansas football could be making a push for a cultural playoff spot next season. We'll take a break, come back. We're changing gears. We're going to the pro game next, talking a little bit about the Broncos and the Chiefs and their losses this past weekend. Which one was worse? We've discussed it before, and it's not a good trend to get on, but they were both bad. <laughs> they were both bad. Uh, we'll discuss that next year in the Morning Blitz.